Hello, 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 and welcome to a very special edition of The Drop-In. I am Gerald Valley. I will be your host, navigating through this next hour of live entertainment. Today is a throwback. Years ago, when talk radio first started, and actually the first talk radio show aired in 1921, was when the first talk uh, radio show aired, and it was about farming. I had to look it up a little bit. I, I like the facts. I like to know history. I like to know the details of words, of events, of different things like that. But the first talk radio show aired in 1921. Arguably, they don't have justifiable facts, but that word of mouth has said that that's when it first started. So today's show is live. We are live right now, and you can call in. For the next 45 minutes, our phone lines will be open. Eight. 9249 are the call numbers, and you can call in. You'll talk to the awesome screener. I'm not, he's a top secret uh, screener. Top secret. Dude's a celebrity, a legend, and I'm not even going to tell you who he is. Don't grill him on the phone, but he's cracking up right now. Dude is amazing, and he's got to get on a plane shortly to head out of state, but he hung out with us today to screen these calls on this very special edition of the drop in. So, you are here with me. I am here here with you and we'll see who calls in today cuz it's it's different. It is totally different than our normal format. Normally I have a guest sitting across from me. We're having a conversation about their life to inspire you. Well, today you it's your responsibility to inspire us here in studio. That's your job today. But before we get into that, I would uh, I want to say you know it's National Recovery Month, and I did an hour long couple days ago on a friend of mine's website called NoMoreHeroin.org. My thing was vodka. I'm a recovered alcoholic, sober over two and a half years. My thing was vodka. But he asked me if I'd come on and talk about how I stay sober. So I did that a couple days ago. Well, it's no joke, man. It is no joke. Somebody very close to me is probably, I don't think they're going to make it through the night. And years of, of alcohol um, and, and living a very rough life. And it's no joke. So if you think you have a problem with any, any substance that is affecting your life, affecting your decision making, you know, reach out. Take a look in the mirror. Take a look at yourself and see if it is causing you issues. And if it is, man, you know, give it up. Give it up. And uh, if you feel like there is nowhere to turn, there is always hope. I'm living proof there's always hope, and there's always somebody who will listen. And so, please, 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 if you think you have an issue, reach out to somebody. There's tons of organizations out there you can find online. You can find through social media. And reach out to me. You can find me on Facebook, Gerald Valley, on Facebook or Instagram. Reach out. And if I can't help, I can point you in the right direction. I want all of us to live a life of stoke. And when you get down that terrible rabbit hole, sometimes it's very difficult to get out. And um, it, it, it ends one of two ways. Either, either you straighten up or you die. That's the, the truth. It sucks, but that's the truth. You, you, you either get clean, you get sober, you die. And I don't want anybody to die from that terrible affliction. So, um, that is our, our, our opening PSA. And, and, and it is, um, it, it, it sucks. 
it sucks. So I'm going to leave it at that because the rest of this show is going to be positive and hopefully send positive vibes to this person who's very close to me. And uh, and we'll see if he can make a miraculous recovery. So with that, I want to say thank you once again for being here on the drop-in. It has been a phenomenal week. If you follow me on social media, you have seen this last week has been one for the ages. Uh, two a week ago Saturday, I got to announce a demo, and if you're a skateboarder, you're gonna recognize these names. I got to announce and MC a demo with Kevin Staub, Bill Toko, Bill Danforth, Bucky Lassick, Andy McDonald, Tony Hawk, Ron Allen was there. Al Butella from Character Skateboards was there. The who's who of professional skateboarding was there, and I was asked to MC that event. We did a whole show there that day, and many of those uh, people I mentioned sat down with us for a few minutes to talk about 40 years of modern skate and surf. Modern Skate and Surf is a skateboard, uh, actually an extreme sports company that is been so influential in Michigan and the Midwest, actually across the world. George, likewise, is the owner, and his company started in 79. He started selling roller skates and whatnot, and just has rolled with the punches throughout four decades, and he had a blowout event. Mr. Van Doren was there from Vans, and I got to sit down with him for a little bit and talk, and that episode will be airing in Next week, next Thursday, will be the band's modern episode. So make sure to tune in for that. But to start a week like that was incredible. It was unreal. For me to meet Kevin Staub, Kevin Staub, uh, I mean, he has been pro as long as I've been skateboarding. And to meet him in person was, was a, a personal, uh, just a huge honor for me because. I bought more Kevin Staub boards than any other pro skateboarder on the planet. From the time I was about 14 till I was 17, I rode nothing but Kevin Staub boards. So we got to sit down and talk, and you are going to see Staub on next week's episode. Such a rad way to start last week because it was my anniversary. I've been married for three years. And my birthday, and uh, my wife and I, along with another couple, went down to Lake Lure, North Carolina. And that is where Dirty Dancing was filmed. Uh, 80s movie, if you're young, it was an 80s movie, totally blockbuster, crazy movie. And we went down there, and it was I, amazing, isn't even a good word for it, because the weather was perfect. The water was perfect. Hiked mountains, hiked chimney rock, hiked the, uh, went up to the top of this waterfall from a movie called Last of the Mohicans and got to see the top. And then a few days later, hiked to the bottom of the waterfall. Um, I think, uh, I don't think, I know, the Hunger, Hunger Games was filmed there. So I hiked through some of those woods where that movie was filmed. It was just an unreal week, and uh, it just keeps getting better. You know, it just keeps getting better. When you are doing the right things, more right things start coming into your life. It is really amazing to uh, watch it unfold. And, and the hardest part is to stay out of your own way and enjoy it because we have a tendency to overthink. And um, for me, it's just getting out of my own way 
and taking advantage of each opportunity and enjoying the moment. And that's what I tried to do this last week. And I think it was pretty successful. I think my wife would say the same thing, that we had a good time, there was no drama, and it was just pure relaxation and fun to celebrate our anniversary and then to celebrate my birthday of being on this earth quite a few times. If you look at my Facebook, it says I'm 100 years old. That's probably, I mean, I've lived a pretty exciting life. I'm not quite 100 yet, but I plan on living past 100 and to continue inspiring the world as long as I'm allowed to walk on this earth. And you are part of that here on The Drop-In. Um, this show is, is very, very important for me because I get to reach thousands of people across the world with some amazing guests. Today's show, you are my guest. Again, the number is 844-999-9249. If you are listening right now, you can call in and be on the air with me. And this show will be in the archives and be airing for the rest of all of our lives, man. And so, if you got anything to say, call in. Tell me your inspiring story about overcoming. Ask me a question if you would like to, or just talk about how the drop-in, maybe a past episode, has caused you to shift your thinking about your goals, your dreams, because you heard uh, whoever, any of our guests, Kurt A. David, the first guest ever on the drop-in, or J.R. Adams, the Hollywood stuntman. Maybe it was him that got you fired up. Or maybe it was, it was Jen, the yoga uh, uh, studio owner who decided after 20 years that that wasn't what she was supposed to be doing, was 20 years in the corporate world, and walked away to open a yoga studio. So many people think that they're roped in to where they're at, that there is no way they could shift gears, and I would have to argue with that, because several of my guests have proven that if you get to a point in your life and you are not happy with where you're at, it is your responsibility to change. It's nobody else's responsibility. You're responsible for you and nobody else. So, if, um, if you're in that position, go back and listen to some of the past shows. Go back and listen to some of those people who made drastic changes in their life and are smiling every day now. They're stoked on the direction they're going. They're excited about what's coming next instead of waking up and going, damn, I'm back in the rat race. I'm back in the nine to five. This is what life is supposed to be because this is what I was told. If I, if I followed that model, I'd probably wor be working in, at Ford Motor Company because that's what everybody told me to do. Go get a job at the big three, you know, work your 30 and out, which, which you know, it's comfortable for a lot of people. I have many friends who, who work for the big three and they are stoked. They got a great paycheck. They're doing their thing. They got a pension. They have all this comfort and security. And that works for some people. It doesn't work for others. I am one of those people. I am one of those people who, who go after what they're passionate about. You are one of those people who goes after what you're passionate about. And it can be done, no matter what your dream, what your goal is. This show airs every week to inspire you to get off the couch and make life happen. That's what the drop-in is about. And each guest that comes on here, it just furthers that 
that model, that our, our, our main focus, every guest, some upcoming guests that we have laid out for you, I mean, just some amazing, amazing people. Next week, uh, actually, it's going to air the following week, I have Cindy Smith coming on, and she trains uh, service dogs. And the most amazing service dog story I have ever heard in my life. And that's why I was like, yes, we have to get her in studio. We have to get her in studio because that blew my mind. And I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag. But her story is freaking unreal. She's coming on a future episode of The Drop-In. Also, we have Bob Wan, who is pushing the envelope to rebuild Pontiac, Michigan. Pontiac, Michigan is, I don't know, about a half hour, 45 minutes north-ish of Detroit, and it is in a rough, rough way. Uh, over the last uh, decade, it has really had a hard time, and Bob Wan is working to rebuild Pontiac, which is no easy task. If you have ever been to Michigan and ever been through Pontiac, it was a thriving downtown that was growing. And there is a huge event that we will discuss with Bob Wan that caused it to take a turn for the not so good. And he's working on bringing that back around. And Detroit is a, again, a living example that that can be done. I've been around Detroit my whole life. Went to school at Wayne State University, which is in Midtown, and I've watched. I actually, I sort of enjoyed it when uh, when Detroit was all run down, because you could skate. I could ride my skateboard wherever I wanted, and nobody really cared that much. You know, it wasn't packed with traffic and people, and, and I, it was enjoyable at that time in my life. You know, we skated Wayne State every Tuesday night, a group of 10 people just going out and raging, skating the city. No problems. You can't do that anymore, but you can go down there and spend a awesome evening going from either a sports game over to a casino to our nice restaurants and walk the streets without worrying too much about your well-being. And across the uh, national media, when you see footage of Detroit, it looks like freaking Beirut. It looks like the Middle East, like somebody bombed it out. And when you come here now, you will see that it is quite different than that. We have so much going on in the downtown Detroit area. It is unreal to, be, to drive around and look around and remember what it was 20 years ago. And that's what Bob Wan wants to do in Pontiac. He is going to be on an upcoming episode of The Drop-In. So we have a lot coming for you. And, and one of the greatest things about this show is there is no one kind of guest. You know, we have had so many different guests from different walks of life with a story of inspiration, of motivation, and it is awesome that I can reach out to so many different people, from professional athletes to the everyday entrepreneur, from real estate moguls who are trying to rebuild cities to young ladies who train service dogs, to musicians. And they come in the studio with me for an hour, and the hour flies by, and we talk about their upbringing. We talk about where they came from. 
you know for me my upbringing was sort of crazy i didn't i don't even think about it that much until people ask me to talk about it and i guess it is you know spending the first couple of years of my life with braces on my legs sort of like forrest gump and then being deaf in one ear and having to wear, wear these giant freaking hearing aids and look like r2 or actually not look like but be called r2d2 throughout school uh, that's that's not the easiest way to come out of the womb and be introduced to the world. And that was me coming up and then stopping hockey pucks and becoming a pretty good goaltender was a, a, a bonus. But I look back because my mom never told me I was different than anybody else. I thought that's what everybody went through. And I, I guess I, I guess they don't. I mean, everybody has their own things, some more than others that they have to some hurdles that they have to overcome. And uh, so, you know, each person's life's a little different, but I think it's really, really intriguing to hear how people got to where they got to. You know, J.R. Adams was a great story because he's a Hollywood stuntman for Opie on Sons of Anarchy. And he started um, from the Downriver area, which is a, a group of 17 communities south of Detroit that is called the Downriver area. Very blue collar. Very uh, everybody looking out for everybody kind of communities. And J.R. Adams grew up down there, and he got into wrestling. And he wrestled, and he, and he moved pretty far up that food chain. I mean, to be in WrestleMania as one of uh, The Undertaker's cronies is pretty cool. And he broke his back and then decided he had to shift gears. All right, I break my back. I'm going to have to tone it, tone it down a little bit. And he became a Hollywood stuntman. Who does that? J.R. Adams does that, and he spent an hour with us here on the drop-in. He'll probably be back, because most of the time, in the hour that we sit down, we hit the tip of the iceberg. We hit a little bit. We, get, we uh, paint with a broad brush, if you will. And so I'd like to get several of our early guests back to elaborate on some of their journey, because it's pretty cool, pretty incredible, actually. And J.R. Adams is one of those people. Um, but today's show, today's show is a little different. Because today, you can call in. And, um, and our number here today is 844-999-9249. You can call in and tell me your story. Tell me how the drop-in has inspired you or something you have overcome where maybe you want to be in here for an hour. I'm not saying that you may call in and intrigue me where I want to get your contact information, have you in studio for a whole freaking hour. I don't know. I really don't know. But call in and, and let's talk about it. But, you know, it is really, it, it has been an unreal, uh, you know, the week has been crazy, but also the last year. Coming up here in Detroit is the TEDx uh, Festival, and um, we're going to be down there. I believe uh, NRM will have a booth at the TEDx, and it was sort of funny because before the show, I was talking with my buddy Andy, and Andy is, uh, he does a lot around here. You can find him um I mean, he, he is a co-host of Geektainment. You can see him on there. Uh, he does so much around the NRM facility. It's, it's really uh, pretty amazing. But he was like, yeah, we're going to have another booth down there. And I said, well, that, don't go. Why would you do that? Nothing good will come of that, having a booth at TEDx. And I say it sarcastically because that's where I met Andy and Ian uh, last year. 
um, I had stopped by. I was just getting over a broken leg, and I volunteered at the TEDx. I was seating people, and NRM had a booth, and I stopped and talked with them. Dropped off a business card, and here we are today. You know, over 20 episodes that have reached almost 100,000 people, and it has just been unreal. And again, when you get out of your own way, when you, when you are treating yourself good, great things happen, and you just have to be in the moment to see them. And that has been my last year. It has been truly unreal, and it can happen for you. When you start treating yourself the way probably you treat many other people in your life. Oftentimes, I, I was reading a great quote the other day, and it, it said, you know, tell me all the things that you love. And, and then, then it, there was a big space in there. And at the bottom, it said, I wonder how long it took you to list yourself. And that really hit home. Because if I asked you today, tell me all the things you love in your life, you'd probably say, you know, I love my boyfriend, or I love my husband, or I love my wife, or I love my dog, I love my house, I love my car, I love my job, I love this, I love that. And most people won't say that they love themselves on that list. And they'll think maybe they're egotistical. Maybe they, uh, they will be perceived the wrong way if they say, I love myself. Well, there is a very healthy way to love yourself. And I think it is very important that self-love is part of your daily routine. If it's getting out of the shower and just looking in the mirror in the morning and saying, hey, I love you. That's an important part of my daily routine. And it's not in a sick, twisted, egotistical, gnarly kind of way. It's a very healthy saying, I, I love me. I'm okay with me. I'm okay in this skin. I talked about it for about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes the other day when I was a guest on, uh, at nomoreheroin.org when I was uh, talking about recovery that I think self-love is the most important part of that. The most important part of that is, is, is loving yourself because then you don't want to uh, treat yourself poorly. And, and on top of that, when you fall in love or back in love with yourself, I'll tell you what, it, it, it's a game changer. It is a game changer, man, because now you can dress the way you want and you don't care what anybody says because you're, you're, you're dressing the way you want. And um, so we're going to get back into that, but we actually have our first caller on this throwback show to uh, <laughs> this, this throwback show to the old school radio shows. Hey, caller, what's happening? Thank you for calling the drop in. You're on uh, with Gerald Valley. Hey, Gerald, how's it going? It is going. What is your name and where are you from? My name is Cole. I'm, uh, I'm from Michigan, right around here. <laughs> Yeah, cool, yeah. man. Well, uh, thank you for calling in. What uh, what's what's going on in your life today? Well, I just um, I wanted to call in, and uh, you brought up uh, that this this month is uh, Recovery Month, and I wanted to congratulate you on uh, achieving your years of sobriety up to this point because I'm actually coming up on four years of sobriety this December. Right on! Congratulations, man. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and. It's, it's I I 
I really, really identify with how you talk about overcoming that challenge in life because, honestly, getting uh, clean from drinking was it was the hardest thing I ever did, but it was also the best decision I ever made because it was it was when I really stopped being afraid of the real world and just decided to stop hiding from it and decided to stop hiding from myself. And uh, it took people like you to really get me out of there. I remember there's this one night where um, it was like when I was first getting clean from it. And I just heard that there had been a death of a close family friend of mine, my, um, my dad's lawyer, who uh, I had known since I was a little kid and just passed away out of the blue. He was mid-50s, no health problems his entire life, and it just really got to me. And I was, like, this close to relapsing. I had the money in my hand. I was ready to go to the to the liquor store literally less than 10 minutes away from my house. And my sponsor, who was a close friend of mine, just happened to call me up and say, hey, we're, uh, we're thinking about meeting up uh, for dinner. You want to join us? And I did, and... Uh, I really I broke out of the pattern that night. Man, and, uh, you know, Cole, you're you're backing up everything that I've said on this show so far about recovery. That uh, you know, when you start treating yourself right, the right things start happening. The right things start happening. You know, and 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 sometimes it is mortality that that <laughs> is the thing that kicks us in the pants. And uh, and man, congratulations again, my brother. Thank you, thank you. It was I just didn't want to watch my life fade uh, just pass me by without making anything about it. Yeah, and and, um, and and I'll tell you a statistic, and I bring this up because uh, people the stigma of recovery is is something that I really try to uh, combat against is is because it has such a negative stigma, and uh, you know in. in with alcoholism, we have AA, and um, you know that's supposedly the best out there. The recovery rate is eight percent. Eight percent is a high estimate of your success rate with AA. Your your opportunities or your your uh, you know the percentage of that you have to be a professional athlete is about. Four and a half percent. The percentage you have to be a arena rock star is right around the five percent mark. So uh, we in recovery are in the same ballpark as rock stars and professional athletes, and I think that's oh, pretty cool. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely, and it's it's uh, it's it's just so sad because I think I because I've had tons of friends who are addicts and who have unfortunately relapsed from time to time. And, you know, people look at that as if it's some kind of moral failing, like right. they weren't trying, like they weren't trying hard enough or, uh, because let's, let's be honest, uh, I get asked as an addict all the time, is like, is addiction like a choice or whatever? And I say, well, I think, is it, is it a choice? Is it a disease? That's semantics at that point, because nobody chooses to be an addict, but the only way to treat addiction is to treat it like it's a disease because it really warps the way you look at the world and the way you live and the way you think it your whole life starts revolving around it where it's just the center of everything you do yep and, and i don't care what that, well the other thing is i don't care what label you put on it it's a problem when it starts taking oh. over your life it's a problem i don't care if you want to call it a disease i don't care if you want to call it a choice whatever you want to call it 
you know we just uh, for me you know it 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 um, recovery is not a one size fits most kind of thing you have to oh, figure out, you know you have to figure out what works for you if it's meditation every day if it's going to a meeting every hour i know a girl in uh, i could say a woman cuz she's actually uh, been around a little while but she's been sober 24 years she still goes to like two meetings a day like that's her thing and that works for her who am i to say what's going to work for you i don't know you know i i, I don't know but whatever works for you keep doing it cuz it's working yeah, we all we all got to find our own way in the end. Yeah, and, well, uh, eventually, uh, I ended up really um, getting my life together after that, and I ended up going to film school. Right on. And my thesis film, I actually wrote and directed about that incident I described when I first called in. I ended up calling it "Carrying the Weight" about um, dealing with alcoholism and addiction. And it's it, the the title comes from the fact that there's no such thing as a recovered addict. You don't. It's not. It's not like you know, the flu or something. It's not something you get better from. It you you don't get rid of it. You learn to live with it. You learn to carry it. Yep. Um, yep. There's an actually. Uh, you know, if you can send me a personal message through one of my social medias if you're on there. If not, you can email me at lifemav at gmail dot com because I can't recall the title offhand today, or it might come to me here in a little bit. But a doctor did an awesome documentary about. Is it a choice or is it a disease? And he lays it out. He's a recovered uh, addict, and he lays it out in such a great manner. And it's free. I know uh, it'll come to me, but um, I he it's free to watch on YouTube or something like that. But he talks about the wiring in the brain. That in the beginning, it's a choice. You know, you make that choice, and you pick up a bottle or you pick up a needle or, or whatever your your weapon of choice is. And then after a while, your brain is rewired differently, so your pleasure principle has totally shifted. Your thought process has shifted from a physiological standpoint. And he lays it out in a in a monthly kind of thing where. Uh, um, I think he talks about a nine-month period of sobriety is when you really start thinking clearly again. Oh, absolutely, and absolutely, and it's it's really like uh, like terrifying just how subtle this rewiring of your brain can be. It would yeah. be like I would I, I used to work as a cashier at a grocery store, and it was right next to this drugstore where I would just get my get whiskey from every night and i would get through some tough days at work by just saying well i'll just buy um, uh, a bottle of jack and jack daniels after work and that'll and that'll be enough i used it like as an incentive to get me through tough days and it's so unconscious and so unthinking it comes naturally to you to where you don't even notice it but that's that's what addiction is. Yep. And we find ways to justify it. I mean, we do. I I remember I ran a triathlon. This'll freaking throw some people for a loop. I was deep in my uh, drinking and I, I went and did a sprint triathlon. And a week later, I was across, no joke, one week later, I was across the street in rehab at Brighton Center for Recovery. One week later. 
and yeah. and we justify things uh, like you're saying, you know, or, or we say, you know, if I if I go out and ride my bike 45 miles, I'll just get a half pint tonight. I deserve it. And and for me, yeah. that half point turned into four or five days and then a hospital. So, but thank you so much for calling in, Cole. And definitely drop me a line, brother. Um, I'd like to share that title of that movie with you and uh, and uh, stay in touch, man. All right, thank you, Gerald. Have a good day. You too. Thanks again, brother. All right. Yep. That's what I'm talking about, man. That is what I'm talking about. You know, being able to reach people. You know, Cole said it's people like you that help me out. You know, we need more people who are who are pushing each other. We're pushing each other up instead of tearing each other down, instead of making decisions, instead of judging everybody. Oh, look at the way they look. Oh, why does he have his hair like that? Why is she wearing those earrings? Why don't we just go, man, that's cool. I don't have the confidence to look like that, but uh, <laughs> just do your thing. You know, if we spent more time lifting each other up, what what else can we do? What what else do we need? What else do we need except each other lifting each other? <clears throat> Excuse me. I'll tell you what, Cole got me fired up. You know, recovery is huge. And I I uh, I, I love t- uh, talking to people who are in recovery because we can relate to each other. And a lot of times People that have not experienced that can't relate to that struggle. What Cole was talking about, you know, it, you know, I'll just get a half pint of Jack tonight. You know, I'll just do that. And and for me, it was crazy because I'd go out and do all these cool things. I'd speak to people. I'd write a book. I'd freaking, I, I, uh, like I said, run a triathlon and justify it, you know, stay sober enough to do those things. Or maybe I was half in the bag when I was doing them. But then I'd go, ah, you know, well, for the next couple days, I can just shut down. I can just shut down. And that never worked for me because I never came out of the shutdown mode. I never came out of it. And until I had some, uh, 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 they call it a moment of clarity. There's a bunch of catchphrases for it. I don't know what it was. People have asked me many times, what was it that caused you to get sober? And I've asked a few different things, a few different people that question. And some people, it was seeing their buddy dying next to them because they got a bad hit of heroin. Some people, it was, uh, you know, like Cole said, you know, understanding mortality a little bit. Tonight, uh, my uh, somebody very close to me might pass away from years of, of addiction. Maybe mortality is the key for some, some people. For some people, it's looking in the mirror. It's looking in the mirror and going, that isn't who I am. That is not what I'm supposed to be. For me, that was it. Three rehabs, and then it was me looking in the mirror and going, what the hell are you doing? You are a social animal. And you shut off your phone, you lock your door, and you drink yourself to death. What the hell are you doing in it? That's what, uh, it was just me telling me, what are you doing? And then I would do whatever I had to do. Whatever I had to do to stay sober. Pacing the floor sometimes till it was 2.01 a.m. And, and a lot of you watching this, if you've went through anything like that, you'll understand exactly what I'm saying because you will pace the floor and at 2.01 a.m., your heart st- stops beating so fast. 
everything calms down because you can't get it. There's no opportunity for you to get it. Here in Michigan, they quit selling alcohol at 2 a.m. And it is the craziest freaking thing. It is the nuttiest thing. You will pace the floor, antsy, uh, and then 201, and all of a sudden you're like, all right, I can go to bed now. Or try to go to bed, depending on where you're at in your addiction. But your heart, it's nuts. But it happens. And so thank you so much for calling in, Cole. And again, our number is 844-999-9249. We're taking it back to like WKRP in Cincinnati style today. You know, uh, maybe uh, somebody from behind the booth can come in like uh, Dr. Johnny Fever or, or, you know, Venus Flytrap. If you are old as dirt like I am, you remember that show. It was like late 70s, early 80s, totally politically incorrect, just uh, nuts. And it was about a radio station in, in Cincinnati. That's what we're doing here today. By having a live show, having live callers call in like you and talk about your story. And I don't, whatever it is, call up and say, hey, dude, thanks for doing what you're doing. Call up and say, hey, listen, I need to be in studio with you because here's my story. Let us hear it. This show airs in 29 countries. Little studio, NRM Studios in Farmington Hills, Michigan. 29 countries. That is insane. Insane. You know, technology sometimes is a bad thing, but look at what it does for so many people. We can do a show like this, and somebody can hear it in Liechtenstein, and it may hit a nerve where they want to, they just want to make a shift in their life. And because we've been talking about recovery and everything, maybe this is the show that's going to get that one person sober in the middle of Russia that happened to hear it today. And that is why we do what we do. The people here at NRM are true family. We all look out for each other. Everybody is hugging. We have a good time doing what we do. And with the drop-in, We reach thousands of people across the world with a positive message. Each show brings a positive message. You know, we talk about some of the tough times. I ain't going to lie. You know, everybody goes through them. Uh, But uh, the main focus of this show is to get you off the couch and make the most of the life you have. You know, we're not guaranteed five minutes from tonight or from right now. We're not guaranteed this evening. I opened the show talking about that. You know, somebody close to me who I talked to a month and a half ago, and he's like, I don't know, having a little health issues. I'll be all right. I don't think he's going to make it till tomorrow morning. And that, that is scary. That is scary. Mortality is scary. Mortality is definitely scary. So make the most of the minutes you have on this planet. I try to do it every day, every single day. Sometimes I have a hard time going to sleep at night because I think there's more that I can do in this day, more that I can accomplish today, and I want to get as much as I can done done. I want to experience as much of life as I possibly can. There's a very good friend of mine. His name he goes by Higgy, and um, 
you know, he he brought that up. He said, man, you really tried to experience every inch of life. That was his quote. And I said, you know what? I like that. I like that quote a lot. And I've used it a few times because it doesn't matter if it's basket weaving or if it's climbing mountains, if it's skating a half pipe or if it's swimming in the ocean. I love the experience of living life because so long in my life, I lived for everybody else. I lived to impress everybody else on the planet. That was my job. And it took going through the worst experience in my life, the very worst experience in my life, to realize, dude, you have to start living for you, you know? And not in a selfish way, but to do things that you enjoy because you want to do them. And if other people dig it, that's cool. That's cool, you know? But you have to enjoy it. And it was a huge shift for me. It goes back to the self-love thing. It totally goes back to the self-love thing. When you fall in love with yourself, when you fall back in love with yourself, it, it, it is a true. You know, people throw the word game changer around. Oh, that's a game changer. That's a game changer. Self-love is a game changer because you realize you don't start dressing for everybody else. You dress for you. You don't start, uh, you know, the car you drive is because you want to drive it. You know, you're not car poor because you're going to impress everybody else on the planet. You buy the car you want to drive. You know, you talk the way you want to talk. You watch the things on TV that you like to watch on TV because you're okay with who you are. You're not watching whatever the Kardashians because all your friends are and you want to keep up with the conversation at the water cooler. You're watching what you want to watch. And it is a true game changer. Your personality changes. Your circle of friends change. A lot changes. This show has gravitated into a show about recovery and self-love, and I love it. I love it. You know, I'd, I'd enjoy callers, but you know what? This is a new thing. You know, we, we normally, uh, we're not live, and normally we don't have open lines, so it's, it's a first time, so I'm stoked. We got one caller in. I'm all right with that. I'm really, I'm all right with that. But, uh, you know, a few other friends said they might call in, but they're like, I'm nervous. I, I don't want to be on the air. I, I, I don't know. I'm like, dude, just call in. It's like calling me when I'm driving in my car. It ain't that big of a deal, man. It really isn't. And uh, that's the way this show always goes. You know, we've had several guests. I had a pro biker in here. His name is uh, Mark Flipowitz. And he even said, he's like, you know, when I first sat down in the studio, I was a little nervous, dude. Like, it's, it's a little crazy. You know, there's there's cameras and mics and everything. And, and he said, after about the first two minutes, I realized it's just a conversation between you and I, but thousands of people get to watch it. And that's the truth. You know, if you're watching this today and you, you, your story resonates and you think it would resonate with people across the world, drop me a line. You can reach me through Gerald Daly on Facebook, lifemav at gmail.com, Gerald Daly on uh, Instagram. Um, drop me a line and let's have a conversation. And if you cut the mustard, I'd love to have you in studio. I'd love to have you in studio because every different, I, I, you know what? I had a conversation with a gentleman today, and he is your, your, your normal everyday person. You know, he's worked a job his whole life. He's got the wife. He's got two kids. They are grown. I think one of them has kids. And 
we were talking and he was he's always intrigued about the show. He's always intrigued about my life. And we're not that far away in age, but he always he's like, "Man, I'm always interested in what you're doing. You you live such an exciting life." And I said, "You can too, man." But today we were talking and I was telling him about this show and I said, "You know what? I could have you in studio and your story would inspire people. We'll talk about how you grew up and what you went through in your 20s and in your 30s to get to where you're at. And it'll inspire somebody. And he, he like looked off and he's like, you know, you're probably right. And I said, I am right. Because everybody has a story. I don't care if you're a celebrity or you're just living your everyday life and enjoying it. Or you're a gardener and you love taking care of plants. I don't care what you do. You have a story of how you got there. And that's what we do here uh, at the drop-in. That's what we do. We tell the story to inspire the world. And every different walk of life is represented on this show. If you watch one show and it doesn't resonate, go to the next one and go to the next one and go to the next one. There's something that's going to inspire you to make a shift in your life if that's what you're looking for. There's very few people I've met that say my life is perfect. And most times if they say they, they are exactly where they thought they would be, I think they're telling me a, a, a tale. Because most people are in a place that they could have never planned. That they didn't plan. And I didn't. I'm an example of that. Did I plan this? Was this something? I, I was in a tough situation when I was 25 years old. And I wasn't treating myself right. And I had a very negative view of myself. I used to wake up every day and my mom say, how you doing today? And I said, I woke up again and I wish I didn't. Now, most people can't picture me like that, but that's who I was at that time. And I was talking with this lady, and I was having a super tough time, and, and she said, you know, I don't, I don't want you to die, Gerald. And I said, I don't really want to die either. I got too many people to inspire. What? Where the heck did that come from? Where did that come from? Because at the time, I wasn't thinking about doing streamcasts and studios. I wasn't thinking about writing books or making TV shows. All I cared about was riding a skateboard, and that's about it at that time. But it was such a strange response, I don't even know where it came from. To this day, I don't know where it came from, because I was in no place to make that, that kind of commentary about what I wanted to do with my life. And then we fast forward a, a number of years and look where I'm at. You can't plan it and don't try. Just go with the flow, man. I talk a lot about surrendering to the flow of life. Michael A. Singer wrote a great book called Surrender to the Flow of Life. And he took it to an extreme. He took it to an extreme. He, he eliminated personal preference out of his life, which is a very difficult thing to do because we all have opinions. We all have tastes. We all have personal preferences. Well, he took it to an extreme, and he eliminated personal preference out of his life, right? I'll tell you, it is one of the most amazing stories that I've ever heard. And it moved quickly into my top five books that I've ever read in my life, The Surrender Experiment by Michael A. Singer. But what, what he did was just go with the flow of the universe. So when things were presented to him, he took out personal preference, again, which I think is very difficult. I'm not to that point. But he took out personal preference, and all of a sudden, whatever was presented to him, he put 
all of his effort into. And if it was building houses or, and I, I'd have to argue with the point because at, at one uh, part of the book, he sees a little computer and he starts typing on it, realizes he can write code as quick as anybody. And this is 1980. Computers aren't cool. It's like a Tandy 80 or something at Radio Shack. But he realized he could write code uh, as, as quickly as he could talk. And he ended up really shifting a lot. I mean, he wrote the program for uh, medical management that every Blue Cross and Blue Shield across the country ended up using. But the the book is phenomenal because he, you know, he's presented with these jobs and he's like, I don't want to do it, but this is what's being presented to me, so I'm going to do it. He, he owned a big plot of land just outside of Gainesville, Florida, in Alashua County. And people would show up on his land and like meditate and whatnot. And now they own, it's called the Temple of the Universe. They own like, I don't know, 800 acres and you could go there today. But he started by buying five acres in Florida just so he had a place to go and meditate. He was a master's degree student and um, it, 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 it really is phenomenal. So if you're looking for a good read, check out uh, The Surrender Experiment by, by Michael A. Singer. I'm not quite to the Michael A. Singer point. You know, I still have personal preference. There are things I love to do. There are things I don't love to do. But I do um, surrender to the flow of life. The things that are presented to me, I think they're presented for a reason. And so I put effort into those things. And they pan out probably tenfold better than I could ever imagine. This is one of those things. Being here in the NRM studios and being here with you is one of those things. I hit on the story earlier. Last year, I volunteered at the TEDx Fest, dropped off one business card, one business card all day long, and it turned into a, a pretty cool deal being able to present you with motivational stories to change lives. That's what that one biz, business card said. I didn't go to TEDx. I didn't volunteer at TEDx for that in mind. Like, I'm going to hand out some business cards and get some deals. I went there because I wanted to see what TEDx Detroit is. TEDx, if you ever, I'm, I, most people have heard of TED Talks. The big TED Talk thing is in San Francisco, but there are independent ones around the country, almost in every major city. And in Detroit, last year it was at the Masonic Temple. I'm not sure if it's there this year again. They put on a great, great event last year, but all I wanted to do was see it. I wanted to see what the speakers were like, because I want to speak there. I want to give a TED Talk. 17 minutes that's going to change the world. I want to do it. And so I wanted to see what TEDx Detroit was like. And it was a great experience. You know, I worked for a few hours. I did what they asked me to do. And then I got to experience the event. Great experience. But that's all I wanted to do. That's all I went there to do was to enjoy the event, to do a little work and to see how I could get on that stage. I still haven't figured out how to get on that stage. Probably next year. I mean, I'm getting close. But uh, it turned into some great relationships, some life-changing relationships, because I was open to them. You got to be open. You got to be open to new possibilities. You got to be open to, to things that maybe are a little uncomfortable. Change is a little bit uncomfortable sometimes. But when it is pushed in your face, and you're like, you know what? I'm going to quit fighting against this. I'm just going to go with the flow, man.
that's that's what I'm gonna do. Uh, let's see where this leads, and you'll you'll really begin to experience life on a whole nother level, things you've never imagined. And this show is living proof of that. Our guests on here are living proof of that, that when you surrender to the flow of life, surrender to the flow of the universe, of God, of whatever you want to call it, when you get out of your own freaking way, life becomes phenomenal, man. It really does. I, I, I could have never imagined four years ago, four years ago, that I would be announcing events with national, the, the biggest names in skateboarding, climbing mountains, and then coming on the air with you to tell you about it. Never could I have written that out. Never. In my wildest dreams. But I'm getting better at getting out of my own way, and that's what I'd like you to see by example. I try to live by example. And, and uh, uh, when you get out of your own way, when you get out of those routines that aren't quite working the way you'd like them to work, and you say, you know what, I need to be open to something else. This isn't what I thought life was going to be like. It never is. It never is. But when you start surrendering to the flow of life, oh my word, it gets crazy. It truly gets crazy crazy. If you want to know more about all this stuff, drop me a line. I try to answer every single message I get. I don't always answer them all, but you can drop me a line through Facebook, Instagram, or through my email at lifemav at gmail.com. I try to answer them all. But I just got told that we're coming down to the end of the show, and it has been awesome sitting here with you. Every time I come in the studio, I get a little meditation, and I ask uh, just for, give me the words, to inspire one person. That's what I ask for. That's my version of prayer, a meditation. And I say, give me the words to inspire one person today, one person that hears it. And I will close this with my favorite one-person story in my life. I was speaking at a middle school in Saudi Daisy, Tennessee. Middle of the mountains, middle of the sticks. And it was awesome. I mean, I spoke to the whole school, ate lunch with the students, got to really, you know, connect with them. Because I, I, one of the things I try to do is let everybody know I'm just like them. You know, a lot of people put celebrities or put professional athletes on a pedestal. And it's always been one of my, one of my, very important in my life to, to let people know I'm just like them. I cut my grass. I take out my trash. I do all those things. You know, I'm just like you. And down in Saudi Daisy, you know, I'm in the lunchroom and I'm hanging out. And it, it's a great event. It, it went awesome. You know, signed autographs for anybody who wanted them, posters for a couple hours. Had a great time. And about a month after I was home, I got a letter from the principal. And he was telling me about a student who, prior to me being there, he, he, he had a very rough life. Both of his, his mom and his dad were in prison. He was being raised by his grandma. He wouldn't show up to school. And if he did, he wouldn't participate at all. After I went uh, and spoke there, he uh, started showing up every day. And he told the principal, he's like, I want to be like Gerald. I'm going to be like Gerald. And he uh, 
the bunch of the teachers got together and they bought him some new shoes and bought him a skateboard. And uh, and I don't know what ultimately ended up happening to that young man, but he was the reason I was in Saudi Daisy, Tennessee that day, so that he could hear it. And uh, and that's that's always it. One person. That's all. It, that's all that matters. You know, I, I get stoked to see that our numbers are big, or, or we're number one on the network. I get excited about that stuff. But really, I get excited about that one person that that this reaches. You know, uh, maybe Cole never talked about being in recovery. Maybe he did, but he had the cojones to call in and talk with me about it, and that's a that's an honor for me, for the show. You know, it, it, it's huge. And, and you just never know who you're going to inspire, who you're going to influence. And so pay attention to that. Every time you walk out the door, you never know who's watching. You never know who's going to say, you know what, you did that for me. I had one other, uh, you know, what do we got, like one minute or something left here? Um, one other uh, girl reached out to help with my skate park project. And, and, you know, she grew up where I did, and she brought up my mom. And she said my mom inspired her to look into foster care because growing up, my mom took foster children my whole upbringing. And, and you just never know who's paying attention, who's watching, who's getting inspired, who is looking at you and saying, I want to be like that, or looking at you and say, I don't want to be like that. You just never know. So we got to make the most of this life and work on lifting up everybody around us. It's, it seems pretty simple, but you rarely see it around. I'm seeing more and more of it, but it seems like such a simple concept. Let's build each other up. People in business say a rising tide raises all ships. Well, I believe that for humanity. A rising tide raises all ships. As we each, uh, on our own, are successful, we're going to bring the people around us with us for them to enjoy that success. And they're going to bring the people around them and the people around them. And it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And so with that, I know we're coming to a close. And I just want to thank you guys so much for tuning into the drop-in each week, allowing me to come into your ear holes and inspire you. This is such an honor for me. And I will be back next week to do it all over again. Thank you so much. I am Gerald Valley, and this is The Drop-In.